0: Well, welcome to The Proper Podcast. It's my fight week this week. My name is Katie Taylor and I'll be your host today. This is a fucking blinding podcast, people. You best be listening every week. (laughs) Yes, that's right, people. It's The Proper Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. How are we all doing? We hope you're bloody well. Now. Massive weekend of boxing. We had the Magnificent Seven in Manchester. We had Adam Azim in Wolverhampton. We'll be talking about all that. This week, we've got a bit of uh, Benavidez and Andrade. We've got a bit of Katie Taylor and Cameron, but we shall also be referring to the Fury Usyk press conference of last week and things surrounding that. So I'm joined once again by me old mates, Kyra and Johnny B. And we will have a special guest today in the shape of G-Man. Yes, the absolute legend. Honestly, my helmet is tingling to add this man on because he is absolutely blinding. He's got a blinding channel. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you watch it day in, day out. And uh, yeah, he's an absolute legend. Knows his stuff. Looking forward to it. So how are we, Johnny B?
1: Yeah, I'm all good. Looking forward to getting into it. Um, yeah, I think last time when me and Kaya spoke about uh, Cameron and uh, Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor, I think we had different picks and I think he was right that, that night. But uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, yeah what he's got to say, what you've got to say about the fight. That's what I'm looking forward to most this weekend. And uh, yeah, talk about the weekend, talk about Adam Catterall and what went down there with Frank Warren. That was very, very interesting. So uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into it all, mate.
0: Kaya, how are we, bruv?
2: Very good, bruv. Very good. Good to speak to G Man. We ain't seen him for a while. And um, really looking forward to the fight on Saturday. As a matter of fact, I've got tickets to a Prodigy concert. Now, if anyone's of, <laughs> of an age where they remember a Prodigy back in the day, well, I've got tickets to that. And it's honestly, it's fucking toying Smack with me. Smack me, bitch, what, up. Yeah, you know, Charlie. What was it? Now? Was it Charlie? I can't even fucking remember the songs. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fire starter, fire starter. That was a bit. That was a bit newer, though, isn't it? All the old stuff I liked. Um, you go. I don't
1: obviously like them I, that much
2: because I can't do, remember the
1: songs. I'm a fire starter.
2: <laughs> but anyway, it's up in the alley, Pally, and um, I just don't know whether to go. I, I found out today by, by one of my mates. Apparently, we ain't even got fucking seats, mate. Standing up. Which basically How means... old
1: are you, mate? I know, mate. I don't
2: <laughs> yeah. think I can stand around. You should
0: for... be going to a fucking opera.
2: I know, or bingo or something. Go and fucking play a bit of bingo, at bingo. My age. but um, I don't know. I don't know uh... whether to go and then just duck out of there. Cause Arsenal's on as well at half five. So maybe I could I could go and have a few beers with them. They're all trying to get me out. I don't know. I'm undecided. I just want to sit in and watch the fucking Taylor Cameron, if I'm being honest. So I think it's gonna be a brilliant.
1: Brilliant fight. You sound you got too many decisions going off there. Like, Prodigy, there's no half in and half out with Prodigy. You're fucking all in with a Prodigy yeah,
2: concert. Yeah, yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. But it's going to be just a bunch of pillage jumping around me, isn't it? That's all it is. All sweat flying in my face. Yeah. All
0: know, the pillars jumping in. around and you're going to your mate, oh, fucking hell, there's no seats here, are there? Bloody hell. Ain't half loud, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> don't do you know what i
2: I'll be I'll be in the corner with my fucking phone out with the Desire app on looking at the fucking boxing. That's what I'll be doing. Oh, um, dear. anyway. Yeah. So I think I think I'm gonna decide on the boxing. I think I am I think I'm leaning towards that. But plenty to talk about. Let's get stuck into it, Hunk.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned it there, John. Um poor old Adam Cattrall, man. We love Adam Cattrall. we love Nick Pete, we love the fight disciples, they're absolutely blinding, but I mean, yeah, let's touch on it here. Frank Warren had a moment i mean frank is on one at the minute any frank is on fire he's probably in the best period of his boxing career and he's been around a long time that man but at this present moment in time he is just walking on the clouds and he and um he took that moment after the incredible fury usyk press conference the incredible um joshua otto wallin wilder parker press conference After that, he went to the Magnificent Seven on Saturday and he just took that moment after that blinding card to just finish off his absolutely stellar week by digging out poor Adam.
1: Well, first of all, I was watching it and I literally... You know, sometimes when you watch a video on YouTube and you're just watching it and you don't realise your mouth is open and then all of a sudden your mouth goes all dry. Like, I couldn't keep... My mouth was just open. I was just watching it. My big eyes, I'm thinking, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. First of all, I will say that I feel like IFL TV, they've done Adam uh, Catterall a bit of a bad one because the way they edited the clip and put it on Twitter, um, it didn't show the full story because I think once you actually go into the video and you see it, Adam Catterall does say a few things uh, uh, to Frank Warren, but just Frank Warren, do you know what he, he was at that show? It was like Tony Montana and Bricktop got to, uh, together, had a baby, and then that was Frank Warren that night. It honestly, he was walking around like conor mcgregor in there like snapping fighters you pointed out to us, guy just like he just yeah he was just like on one he's like having an a, a amazing whatever purple patch whatever in box at the minute and he's yeah just finished it off with adam carroll but i just felt like with adam he he, he can't just go in on frank warren and they stand there and they're just going to go head to head and argue he's there for talk sport he's like working he's being paid by talk sport like I don't know. Is there a potential that all of a sudden Frank Warren Battens talk sport from shows? Then all of a sudden that's all down to Adam Catterall. Then they're looking at Adam Catterall like, you're a loose cannon. We can't have you working first. Like, this is his job at the end of the day. But I don't know. It's a tough one because you've got to say what you think in boxing. And I think Adam Catterall's done a sterling job. All the coverage with Connor Ben holding people to account with the drugs in boxing. And just say it how it is Tyson Fury continually lies all the time. All Like, when he was suspended from uh, the UK, he was like, oh, you know, I'm never going to fight in the UK again. That's it. I'm too big for the UK. I'm going to fight in Vegas. All of a sudden, when the fights are in the UK, like the Dillian White, oh, now I'm coming back. It's all about the fans. Before, when he said, oh, I'm going to fight Anthony Joshua for free, then all of a sudden in negotiations, it's like 60-40. It's all about the money. One minute he do not care about the belts, then he does care about the belts. He's pulled out on, you know, failed a drugs test, pulled out against uh, Klitschko in the rematch, he pulled out against uh, Ustinov, um, Wilder. He tried to get out the rematch with Wilder. All the stuff with AJ, They, as far as I could see from that whole um, trying to get the, the original fight on with AJ. Um, Eddie Earns running around trying to make the fight. Frank Warren and Bob Arum's just sitting back, not really doing nothing. Then all of a sudden, arbitration comes out of nowhere. You think. Bob Arum, what you're a lawyer. You knew that you that was going to get done on the arbitration and that fight weren't going to happen. But I just think you was happy to let Eddie Hearn go off in that direction. So over the years, you know, we've seen Tyson Fury continuously lie. And I think he has got mental health problems. I think he's a bit bipolar. But when this is, you know, he's turned around and says, I'm not going to fight Usyk. Nobody knows who Usyk is. He's just a little foreigner. That's, that's Tyson Fury's words, what he says about Usyk. But yet... When you're fighting Thomas Swartz or Otto Wallin, they're foreigners, but that's okay. So we're all on this tiresome fury circus. And then when Adam Catterall, I think he's a brilliant journalist, he's pointing this stuff out. He's just holding them account. Like, what, we all got to just agree with everything that you want us to agree with. I don't think so. We're allowed to point this stuff out, like you failed a drug test, whatever, Nangelo, and you said it's wild boar. We can't just all follow your narrative. And that's what it is. You either agree with them, or you don't, and now all of a sudden you get banned. I think Adam Carroll just caught caught between, you know, Brick Tops now, he's the big dog, he's got the Saudis on the side. If he don't play ball, he ain't going to be going to any of these fights, and potentially he's going to risk maybe his job with talk sport. If, do you know what I'm interested to see? I'm interested to see how Simon Jordan's going to deal with this, because I heard him today say, no, I'm, I'm going to say what I want. I don't care what happens. So that's so, Simon Jordan's made his case pretty clear now. So it's be interesting to see what he says. but. I just think Talksport do a brilliant job for boxing and they're pushing a lot of the casuals over to the boxing and a lot of the smaller fighters benefit from this. So now Tyson Fury at the top and you've got all the money you might not care but you know all of those uh, Talksport reporting on a magnificent 7 all of those domestic level fighters on that card they will all appreciate Talksport being there. So yeah, I mean I understand, if people saying, oh, Adam Carroll." so I'm going on that. people saying about Adam Carroll bottled it, it's just like, Frank Warren's 70 years of age, like, if, if, I'm not going to sort of start screaming and shouting at a 70 year old, sometimes you've got to sort of respect your elders a little bit, so I think he was caught a little bit between an age thing, then I think he was worried about the whole talk sport and then them being completely banned from shows, then that all comes down to him, that's his fault, he's the rogue guy having all these arguments, so I don't know, what, what, do, what do you think? I know you ain't left nothing for me to say, mate. <laughs> 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 sorry, <laughs> sorry.
2: No, listen, no, it's fine. Look, look, I've got to echo all of that. Really, I, I thought it was a bit of a cheap shot. If I'm being honest, by Frank Warren, um, I didn't like it. It made me feel uncomfortable. Made me feel like my testicles were attracted into my belly or something. <laughs> I just felt so uncomfortable watching it. It honestly, it was like, look, what Adam Catchell did. If I'm going to pick him up on anything. That he could have done better was tell Umar, whoever's doing the interview, to turn the camera off. I think when you've done that, it seems like I know you, I know why he did it. He did it because he wanted to have that conversation away from the cameras. But if you're gonna if you're gonna say all this stuff on camera, on YouTube, on, on Talk Sport, then I suppose if Frank wants to pull you up, it should also be on camera. That was that's one thing I don't I didn't disagree with what Adam Catchall did. I don't tell him to turn the camera off. You know, you're a journalist at the end of the day, what you say needs to be out in the media. So, that really, that being said, though, I thought it was a cheap shot by Frank uh, Frank Warren. I didn't like it. Didn't like the way he was shouting him down. It was unprofessional. And I think he, he's got all that energy, Frank Warren, because the, the fight got signed. The Undisputed got signed. I wonder if he would have done that had he not have done that press conference last week. Had he not had the best week, probably, in his promotional career, or one of the best weeks in his promotional career. So, he, you know, he's flying high. And it felt like he was bullying him a little bit. And I felt yeah, bad for Cattrall as well, because it just it just felt like to me like he, he kind of went into his shell a bit and understandably so you know what i mean there's a lot lot going on there you've got the biggest uh you know boxing outlet filming you you've got one of the biggest promoters all the fame just full of fame promoter you know annihilating you on camera so you, you know what would you do shout back and have a slanging match i don't think that's the way forward but i do want to pick up some of the things frank warren said and most of it was actually a load of shit he was saying that, uh, you know, you're talking about the heavyweights to let shit. down a sport. It was total shit. Hold on. Gonna, was, hold on one minute. Wait, let me finish. Was it, was it total bollocks? <laughs> total bollocks, exactly. <laughs> total bollocks, mate. It was like, and he said in the last 12 months, the heavyweights have been thriving. Now, I disagree. Jo- he mentioned Joshua's two fights with Usyk. The first fight was in 2021. So let's just rule that out, right? Second fight was in 2022. Decent fight. But other than that, you're scratching around. You got Tyson Fury forced to fight to fight Dillian White 2022. It was a bit of a, you know, one-sided contest. Good fight. We always we was calling for that fight f- for a while. Dillian White was quite a live opponent at the time. So good fight, right? So fair enough. But then he started going on about Joyce fighting Zhang, number one fighting number three, like making a case for that. Joyce was ranked one in the WBO. He won't rank one of heavy, heavyweights in the world or ring magazine ranked one, mm. was he? He was ranked one in the WBO and Zank was ranked three in the WBO. So that's a little bit of misdirection there from Frank Warren. I didn't like that. and You know, Adam could have pulled him up on that. You know, he could have easily pulled him up on that. Then you got Wilder beating in Joshua in two unforgettable fights. Meanwhile, you got Tyson Fury, as you said, John fucking around on social media, every possible negotiation breaking down in front of you. So, Sorry, Frank, I think you're talking out your Aris, mate. You're talking out your Aris. And, you know, it's, it's just the heavyweights that have let the side down. Most other divisions have delivered in the last 12 months. This has arguably, arguably been one of the best years of boxing we've had in the last 10 years. You know, you've had Inouye Fulton, Spence Crawford, Haney Lomachenko, Yarba Turbiev, domestic scraps as well. You've had Eubank Smith twice, which were fun fights. Wood Warrington, Taylor Cameron, Wood Lara, uh, Warrington, sorry, Wood-Lyra twice, Cordina-Rakimov, brilliant fight, Tiafimo-Lopez, Josh Taylor, and still to come, we got Bam Rodriguez versus Sonny Edwards, Taylor Cameron again, Haney-Progray, and it all culminates in that December the 23rd card. And, you know, you've got to Frank, uh, thank Frank for that, but you've got to thank Eddie as well for swallowing his pride and sitting at that table on a Queensbury card. Would well, yeah, Frank would have done, done, the done that the other way around? No way. No I'm way. not sure he would have done. I'm not sure he would have done. So... So, I think Catterall was right. You know, it, it is like ordering a warm fucking pint of Fosters at the bar. It is, isn't it? It's like getting a warm, pissy pint of Fosters, a heavyweight division. No, no, I think a better description is... You like is, a pint of Fosters, John, anyway, didn't you? No, 3.8. I, I don't
1: like Fosters. Um, it's... <laughs> I don't know why I took a massive offence to that. I went, I don't like Foster's. You do Um, order a Carlin at the bar, mate. I've seen it a few um, times. um, Completely lost what I was going to say there. (laughs) No, do you know, know, let me just quickly get this out. Do you know what? I think to myself, what cracks me up is you said it. You know when Anthony Joshua lost to Usyk in the second fight, right? You know when he lost? Tyson Fury called out Anthony Joshua. Not Usyk. Tyson Fury called out Anthony Joshua. The one who lost. Usyk ended up with all the belts and Anthony, and then Tyson Fury's whole narrative was, I'm going to throw you a lifeline. You have to fight by this date. There's a timeline on it. And as you say, Adam Catterall pointed towards this in the Fury documentary on Netflix. You know, there was this massive big timeline. So, you know, Anthony Joshua forced into it. It's a 60-40. Should I take it? I'm just coming off, you know, two losses against Usyk. Obviously, he mentally broke down in the ring that night. So they've picked the perfect time. But you know what goes missing is like why the fuck wasn't you calling Usyk's name out when he had just won? It's all about the AJ fight. That's what it was all about. But uh, so that j- just cracked me up in itself. So you say it's the quickest undisputed. I don't fight know where to, he's to getting that mate. stat from. Well, not
0: really. What what that that stat? He's just pulled that out of his arse and he that's a load of bollocks. That. Stat, what do you it? think, props? No, like I say, we love Adam Kettrell. He's brilliant, man. He's a great journalist. He's really, he's fantastic at what he does, and um, of he is. he's fantastic on Talksport. And it was bullying. It was pure pure bullying from Frank. Um, It was at at his own show, Frank's own show, where he is the big dog. Uh, Catrell knows his position and he couldn't go shouting back or having a fucking domestic in the middle of, uh, well, after the show because, for one, he's got to think about, you know, his position. He may not get invited back. That's a source of income that he could lose, all things like that. So he could never go fucking um, having it out with Frank where he was. Um, But we know that Frank's talking bollocks because we know Tyson, man. And he's Frank's his promoter at the end of the day. Frank's going to absolutely clam before him until the hills come home. He's just going to always go um, out of his way for Tyson, no matter what Tyson does. So we know who's right here. Adam Cattrell's right. Frank wins an argument by shouting louder than the person he's arguing with. That's the only way Frank always seems to come out on top. Because he's always shouting over the top of whoever he's speaking to. Um, and Adam couldn't get a word in. Adam didn't try to get many words in, I'll, I'll say that. But when he did try and speak, Frank's like, no, that's bollocks. That's fucking bollocks. And like, if it, he who shouts the loudest, he's always going to fucking come across as. The one in power, isn't he? So, uh, anyway, yeah, it was just, it was a bit, a bit, bit of bullying for me. And uh, I felt sorry for Adam because uh, it was uncalled for. Um, but stand by Adam Catchrell. Everything he said if he has been true. have done that to Nick Pete, though. Everything that Adam Catchrell has said has been true for the past however many years. No, Nick Pete would have probably had it out of him because he ain't yeah, got anything. Nick Pete's
2: about six foot four. He'd be yeah, to and lump, he ain't he? got,
0: he ain't got, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't quite know what, um, Nick Pete does outside of the podcast. I know he does a bit for TalkSport and a bit for BT Sport now and again, um, UFC stuff and that, but I think if uh, Nick Pete was there, I think he would have gone for it because he doesn't essentially have as much to lose in that position as Adam, because Adam was obviously working for TalkSport that night. Frank would just say you're fucking banned, and he already has banned him. That, that was another thing that um, Adam Cattrall said in their Fight Disciples podcast today that they banned... Talk sport from coming in last Thursday to the Fury Usyk press conference. So it's like... fucking hate that. You know what I mean? Frank's got by the balls, is not he? It's power, isn't it?
1: It's, this yeah, is it's the, this is this is Tyson Fury, like you know, when he goes through the airport, you know, at Saudi he gets you know special treatment. I don't get this at home. All the money I pumped, it's like all of a sudden people get power. It goes to their head. Frank Warren would definitely add shades of Tony Montana at, at that magnificent seven, like the way he was bowling around with shoulder rolls and that more than usual. But let me just quickly say this: as Well, I love Bricktop, like yeah, I like, Give me so. Bricktop over Ben Shalom any day of the week. Like I like how I gauge with people is like. I like people like that because I know... Don't surprise
0: I, me, John, I've got to be honest.
1: <laughs> but what you see is what you get. Rather than someone who's just like a little bit sneaky and tell you one thing, and say something behind your back. At least with Frank one, he's old school, isn't he? He's just going to say it how he sees it. And uh, he probably would have said exactly the same thing to Nick Pete. But yeah, I think he's taking a little bit of liberty. I think Power's definitely gone to his head even more if it could do. But let me just say something about that. Magnif- no, wait, we'll do that after. Cause we want to talk about. Yeah. The, uh, the, I'm just the, glad
2: Adam Cattrell wasn't fucking fed to the pigs, mate. <laughs> yeah,
1: <let's move>
0: <laughs> so then it's time for the special guest.
3: It's G man. What's going on G man? How we doing, bruv? How we doing boys? How we doing boys? Glad to be on. Glad to see some familiar faces, glad to see some new faces, shout out to everyone, thanks for having me on, I appreciate it.
0: Good man, good man. So yes, I'm sure that many of you boxing fans out there know G-Man, he has got a stellar channel, an absolutely dynamite channel, and fuck me, does he know his stuff, he's going to make us look like a fucking load of complete cunts in a minute, but there we go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. So yes, G-Man, brother. We've just had the Fury Usyk press conference last week. We want to get your
3: thoughts on it, man. What did you think? Do you know what, right? It was a. I knew it wouldn't be as fun or as entertaining as the one they had the day before, but it just was surreal seeing those two guys there with a date, with a time, and it makes it seem real now that we're getting this fight. In terms of the press conference, I kind of got what I expected. It was a lot of Tyson Fury... I don't think I've ever seen Fury. I've seen him trash talk, but I've never seen him look so angry at an opponent with that trash talk and really go in the way he went in on Alexander Usyk. That to me was... Yeah, that to me was taking it to the extreme. I did find it funny, right? When Frank Warren accused Team Usyk of having signed a contract and pulling out and asked the question, didn't that happen? But didn't ask Alex Krasuck, he asked Tyson Fury and then immediately changed the subject. I did find that a bit of a kind of, <laughs> you know put a bit of doubt in people's minds. You know, don't ask the person, ask someone else, and then change the subject straight away. Now you can't answer. I did find that funny. Um, overall, like, it, it was an interesting press conference. It wasn't as entertaining as the one we had the day before. But, you know, the fight's real now. It's happened. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, now that you've seen that sort of, that side of fury... Oh, fuck it. I just knocked mm. over me cup of fucking tea. Bollocks. Right, anyway, sorry. So now that you've seen that fury in that press conference and you say... As you say, he was very different to what we've seen him. He's normally been quite charming in his kind of trash talk, but that mm. was just spiteful, wasn't it? It was kind of harsh. And, uh, and he has been the whole way along with you, Six. So does your opinions change on the fight at all? Uh,
3: look, I think it's a competitive fight both ways, but I think with Fury, he's used to getting a reaction out of people. Like you look at Wilder, right? He got a reaction out of Wilder every time. The third time they had the press conference right? and Wilder wore those headphones, Fury didn't need the trash talk. He already knew, look, this guy doesn't want to hear it, so he's trying to to drown me out. So Fury knew straight away going into that, I've got the upper hand mentally over this guy. He's done it to Klitschko, he's done it to everyone. Usek's the only person who just stares through everything. He doesn't react, he doesn't flinch. And when he you know, tried to insult Alexander Usek and say, You're tiny, you're small, he said, Well, yes, I am. But Fury ended up backtracking. Well, well you're only small for forever. You're not that yeah, small. I it's that. like,
0: What? No, he's pulling out the old Muhammad so, Ali uh,
3: quotes and everything. He didn't know what to fucking say, did he? He really didn't. And I think Alexander Usek said, Look, for one, it does help that Usek's English isn't the strongest. So I'm sure when Fury is calling him a couple of names, for him, it's a case of, like, what's he even saying? I genuinely think that Fury doesn't factor that in, in one sense that, like, look, English is not strong for him. He can probably just get by, but in terms of, you know, a back and forth in English, it ain't going to work because he just doesn't speak it. So I think that's one thing that Fury kind of isn't maybe getting into his head, that, like, one of the reasons you're not getting a reaction isn't just because he's not like that it's probably because he just doesn't understand some of the things you're saying (laughs) but for him it's it's not really registering so it's just kind of no he's i'm gonna have to try and get a reaction out of you and it's like mate he doesn't really understand it so probably hence the reason and the funny thing is when Usek started mentioning things like saying that it was david and goliath and god won't let me lose that's when fury started reacting it was fury who was the one who ended up you know having the real reactionary moment out of the two, when they had the press conference, not really, U- Usek just kept saying, are you done? Are you done? But when Usyk said, it's a David and Goliath moment, Fury, you could see, he was like, how dare you say that? That's the first time I think I've ever seen that at a press conference.
2: Yeah, I just want to add to that, right? I thought Alex Krashuk played a blinder as well. I think when he took the mic, he kind of, you know when he when he started going, look, my friend. You know we've we've been together through the amateurs. We've been together through mm-hmm. this whole, your whole professional career, and it culminates to this. And it almost like Alex Crashuk took the line of like Fury, like, we're going to beat him. So it, it doesn't really matter if that Fury's over there. And I think that really riled Fury. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of almost dismissed the fact that that was Fury sitting there. You know the apparently you know the alleged greatest of our generation. I thought Alex Krashuk played a blinder in winding him up, and I think that. you you saw Fury bite there. And it's not often you see Fury bite and lose control in a press conference. I thought big up to Alex Krasik for what he did there because he's going to try and draw Fury out into a fight. If Fury starts trying to fight Usyk, there's no way in the world he wins the fight. No chance. You know, the only way he wins it is if he uses his range, right? You know, or gets in and leans on him a little bit. But if he, you know, if if he fights with any level of anger, which Fury's not really he doesn't really do that and he hasn't really done that in his whole career, then uh maybe that that was the ploy there by Alex Krasic just to wind him up a little bit. But I thought he played an absolute blinder there, to be honest with you.
0: Mm-hmm. He's so confident, any Krasic Like he was the whole way along, both Joshua fights as well. He was just so confident, Crassie. It like it was almost like he just knew Usyk was going to win both times, and he's the same now. You never see any sort of jeopardy in his eyes, Crassie. He's fucking double confident in. Uh, it's a shame, though, that Usyk. Though, it's so it's um, a
2: shame we don't speak
1: English better because he does, though. I
0: think, think he does. does. I don't know.
2: Like I think, look at look,
1: look at Canelo when English, Canelo learned. I think he's playing the game. I, I don't think know, he's all man. Part of the I mind games, it's... man. I really, I do. I think I... you know. You say as well about Tyson Fury. You've never seen him that angry before. The press conference for the second Wilder fight, he was pretty angry in that one. He was dropping a C bomb every three seconds. You can't, this like, he was, we don't, uh, I mean, he says that about the, anyway, yeah, he was dropping a C bomb like every two seconds. He was pretty angry for that fight, got on the front foot, and that was a very, very, that's most aggressive you'll see Tyson Fury in that second fight against Wilder. But I've heard quotes Fury saying, I'm going to back the small man up. And uh, I'm going to run through him. So I know, is that a red herring? Is it about, or is that what he's going to do as his legs gone? Like, look at the last fight against Ungarnu. Like, I tend to think Tyson Fury is on the decline now. I really do. I don't think, you know, the, the Chazoras you know, the Dillian White, come, whatever, coming in pretty much straight lines, throwing lots of hooks, the same as Chizora. I feel like these fighters have been picked for a reason. He knows he's got the range. He knows he's got the movement on in, on them. I think the only reason... He's fighting Usyk because the Saudi money's there. I really do. So I don't think, I think he's going to say all this stuff because part of the mind games, and obviously he believes he's going to fight Usyk, but this is going to be a tough fight. I really do. I don't know if it is wise staying long against Usyk. I really don't. Like it might be the best play to go straight at Usyk. I don't know.
3: What, what... I think it might be.
1: <sighs> yeah. No, I don't think he can get hold of Usyk. All this like you're going to get break the distance, grab him and lean on him. Phew, Usyk's not going to allow that.
2: Yeah, but you don't have that.
3: to but Come every on. time
1: it breaks but every time it breaks then just get on the front foot again and just go at him stick the jab down his throat and just keep going as soon as they clinch up if he does wiggle out of it um uh, Usy, front foot a little bit like what Chantel Cameron did to Katie Taylor with no fault just keep on that front foot keep keep pushing him back
0: so prior to the ingu fight g-man who did you think would win the fight and now after the Nganu fight who do you think will win the fight
3: Prior to the Ingannu fight, if that fight never happened and we had Usek Fury, I'd have picked Fury to win. I would have. I would've picked Fury to win. I think he would've used the strength. I think he would have applied pressure, but I think he would have smothered Alexander Usek a lot of the time. He would have just fought a big man's fight and just tried to basically not let Alexander Usek do what he wants to do and use his feet. Right? Now, you look at fights like Chisora. John mentioned there. The fact Chizora is old as dirt, he was still able to get underneath some of Fury's shots and land right hands. If Chizora can do that with his footwork as slow as it is, Usek's definitely gonna be able to do it. Posting Ganu, right, it it's changed a little bit. Obviously, I think we're gonna get we're not gonna get the Fury who fought in Ganu against Usek. That's just not gonna happen. No. I don't think he's gonna be I, I don't think he can if he comes in the way he did against the we get stopped, more than likely. I think he's gonna be a lot better. I still I don't know. I really don't. My heart tells me, Alexander going to win. my head just tells me Fury. Even if he tries to get, a, because he's talked about getting dirty as well in there. And I just wonder if the referee maybe is a bit lenient. Because you think of it like this, right? Maybe a good example. When Josh Warrington fought Luis Alberto Lopez, he was getting absolutely outclassed early on. And he literally felled his way back into the fight and the referee allowed him. And he ended up losing a close decision. I think it was a majority decision. I could easily see something, not to that extent, but Fury holding, grabbing, elbows, leaning on Usek, and a lot of that being thrown out the window, just kind of, all right, I'll give you a warning, yeah. and make the fight yeah. closer than it actually should be. That we could get to the end of the fight and say, well, Usek did very well in the mid rounds, but Fury in the late rounds would just hold and lean and grapple and maul and landing shots on the inside, you know, landing, you know, not letting Usyk have a moment, wins them rounds just by default and the referee lets him get away with it.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. I Very suppose, you know, point. the educated boxing brain would, would tell you that that's how it's going to go. But I just, you know, Usyk's going to expect that. It's exactly what he's going to expect. He's going to expect Fury to try and lean all over him. And as soon as Usy- Fury breaks a distance, he's going to be gone. He's going to take a backward step. Pivot off the ropes. He's just not going to allow. If he stays in that mid range, he's not going to he's not going to allow Fury to grab him. And you're right, though, G. You know, a lot's going to depend on the ref. If the ref allows them to work on the inside, or if he breaks it, um, you know, a lot a lot depends on the ref. Look at Ricky Hatton and Mayweather, right? He couldn't work on the mm. inside at all in that fight. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's got 15 weeks. Fury's got 15 weeks to, to get in tip top condition. So we'll see.
3: We'll see. He's got a long way to go, but like one thing that I think people are maybe hyper-focusing on is they say, well, in the Wilder fight, Fury changed his game plan. Wilder is, you know, a one-trick pony. He only really knows just try and set up the right hand. Usek has seen, has been a fighter now for, what, 20-plus years. He's seen every type of different style. He could adjust in the ring and he's smart. I reckon that he's the sort of guy where he would prepare for every version of Tyson Fury, not just one version, and then look shell-shocked on the night. I think whatever Fury does on fight night, Usek will be able to adapt to it. Mm. That's the thing. That's the crucial thing.
1: I think that he's been... I think that since he's come up to heavyweight, he's been preparing for Tyson Fury. This this training... Mm. He's just working on stuff in this training camp for the first time. He'd have been doing it since he's come up to heavyweight. He knows this moment was coming. And so what you said earlier uh, um, about at Kaya... It, on the money because I think this whole narrative because the way judges and uh, referees get caught up in the moment, Tyson Fury, Easter A star, and all that, then that's how you end up giving rounds to these guys or letting them off for the little elbows or doing stuff in the ring that they shouldn't do. So by Krasic mm-hmm. doing that in the uh, in the press conference, I thought that was very clever as well. Really, really clever mind games. Like this ain't all about the Tyson Fury show. Usyk is here on merit. Like we see what he did in the uh, cruiserweight division, we've seen what he's th- he done coming up to heavyweight division. But yeah, I was—I just gave Tyson Fury the edge before I think the um, before the Ungarnu uh, fight. But now I just give Usyk the edge. I really do. A lot of
3: people change their minds, don't
0: they?
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. If you if you ask people post Dubois before Fury fought Usyk, who would have won? I'd say probably the overwhelming would have said Fury. And then it flip-flops. So you really only know what the real fans are thinking the closer we get to the fight because everyone is so reactionary. Yeah, yeah
0: but the, the the thing with the Dubois fight is, I think you're right, after the Dubois fight, a lot of people went, oh, Fury's going to walk through him. But they're, they're kind of basing that on the fact that Yusick um, went down from the body shot, aren't they? I, I know it was a low blow or it was deemed a low blow, but a lot of people are going off that body shot and going, well, obviously you can't take a punch to the body. Fury's gonna give him punches to the body all night and he's just gonna sort him out. But yeah, you're right. People have, have been so reactionary, but I, I, I've stood firm from the start, man. I've always just thought Usyk is gonna be a fucking nightmare for Fury. And it's no fluke that Fury fucking struggled with Steve Cunningham. It's mm. no no fluke that he's and I don't care anymore about the politics of it, but he's put off this fight. Whatever way you look at it, he's put it off, put it off, put it off until and and Total incredible bollocks. amount. A total, total bollocks, bollock. <laughs> <laughs> big Frank. Until a total ridiculous amount of money has come into his lap, and then he's taken the fight, and he knows it's going to be a fucking pain in the arse. This fight, Yusik, Can you name mm-hmm. a single boxer that Tyson's been in the ring with that has been as elusive, has as skillful? all right, he won't have the knockout power and the chances of Usyk knocking Fury out are a million to one. But name name
3: someone who's been anywhere near the skill level of Usyk. There hasn't been any. And the interesting thing is, and people don't talk enough about this, is that whenever Fury has faced someone cell pie, even if they switch switched stats, his whole output goes way down. You look at Dylan White, right? Unbeli- I still can't believe he did it, but he went so pie <laughs> in that first round. Yeah. And that's the only round you could argue he won in that fight. And Fury's punch output dropped dramatically against Dylan White, who was just, I don't even know why he was doing it. When Francis Nganu did it, punch output dropped. And he's going to be in there against Usek. I think that, like, Fury, for whatever reason it is with those cell pass stances, he just, his punch output drops. You can see it. Mm. Do you know what I find
2: interesting? That everyone wants Fury to lose now. I don't know whether that's because of what happened against Francis Ngannou like literally the majority of british fans that i i speak to now they want fury to lose and they they'll be happy to see him just walk out of there with his tail between his legs i find that i find that bad i find that i don't i don't share that view mainly because you know i think in terms of sort of a spectacle build up to fight. I think fans just got to be careful what they wish for, losing Tyson Fury out of boxing. Mm. Maybe his dad as well, you know. I know, you know, you kind of love them or hate them. They're very Marmite characters. But um, if they go out of boxing, I think you lose a lot a lot from boxing. And, and you know, I'll, I'll go back to this whole, you know, the, the, the lack of English from Usyk. Look at Canelo, when you know what he did to Demetrius Andre. Get the fuck out of here, man. He just elevated himself, like, worldwide when he started speaking English. Everyone just warmed to him. So I think... Maybe Usyk can, you know, just maybe better his English a little bit. I think that'll help him, you know, with his global reach a little bit. I don't know. It did it with Canelo. I think Canelo's global reach just went, you know, off the charts after that that exchange with Demetrius, you know. And that is English-speaking Canelo. Sounds like a gangster from, like, Narcos or something. But um, do you know what I mean? I, I feel like people want Fury to lose. I'm not one of those because I still want to see the drama.
0: But, he has, but, yeah, but Cara, um, he has dug his own grave a bit, and he? he has dug his own grave. A lot of things he's been saying. And also, it's hard. But li- all right, what about this, though? Like that 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 press conference the, the other day, it's hard to root for someone who's going, you're an ugly bastard, you're a rat, you're fucking this, being all nasty and horrible. So this you is can't true. really go,
3: oh, I really want that guy to win. He seems great and lovely, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Who Who remembers Fury? before he fought Klitschko and just after Klitschko. He was not popular at all. Mm. People really didn't like Tyson Fury. He goes Mm. away for a few years. He changes his approach, right? He changes things up. He starts talking about what happened. People warm to him. But then he shows little glimpses of the old Fury, the Fury people didn't like. All the kind of, you know, saying this one minute, saying that the next, the ducking. Because he did duck him earlier this year. And people remember that. People, Total people, bollocks. Don't, uh, as Frank Warren said, despite the fact... <laughs> I
1: mean, I
2: can't like, help like, it. Oh, man, that
3: was something else. That was, a, that was just...
2: Just quick two minutes on that, G. What do you reckon? What do you reckon of that whole exchange of Adam Cattrell?
3: I watched it and I just... I felt bad for Adam Cattrell because he was literally called over. And listen, right? You could know however much you want to know about boxing. You could know loads about it, right? But if someone literally just called... Imagine... We don't plan this. And I just invite one of you randomly and say, come on, come and join here. I record it live. And I say, how many world title defense Mahmoud Ali have? Come on. Well, you don't know. Can you not tell me? It's just completely just bombarded him with questions out of the blue that he wasn't even ready for. And it's like, well, hang on a minute, right? When you actually can assess it. And obviously I did a video on it and I assessed it. And I was like, he's wrong about this. He's wrong about that. He's talking completely out of his arse here. But Adam Cattrall has literally been there for God knows how long. He's working with Talk Sports. Working on the event, he wasn't sitting there just, you know, watching the fights and to be bombarded with questions like that. I was like, "Well, what's he supposed to do?"
1: He was trying to be if it seemed to. It seemed like one was trying to be professional and the other one just through the you know through the book through the book
3: through the
1: I'm book his sure toys the, out the pram through his toys out the pram so let us quickly just say this thing, because that carl carl frotch was on talk sport and he was saying how much you know Tyson Fury is just an embarrassment all this ugly uh, um, gap tooth and that he's just saying everyone that he speaks to in the public they all want Tyson Fury to lose yeah yeah if Tyson
2: Fury lost I ain't gonna lose no sleep over it but if he wins you keep him in the sport and whether you want to see him get knocked out by Joshua or fight Usyk again for the second time, you know, it's good to just keep him around for a bit. When I, when I watch boxing, it starts when the contract's signed and they have their first press conference. Then I get invested in the fight eight weeks out, six weeks out, whatever. I try and watch the behind the scenes. It's a big event from, from six weeks ago. And Tyson Fury gives you that, whether you like him or whether you hate him. You're going to lose that other part of, of the build up to fights if Tyson Fury leaves the sport or has a fight and thinks, fuck this, I don't want to fight anymore.
3: I've said this before, and I'll say it again, right? I do not give a damn who wins. If Usyk loses, I ain't going to be losing sleep over it. And if, he, if Fury wins legitimately, and he beats him on the cards or stops him, fair play. I kind of do, look, I do quite well off Tyson Fury. So the longer he's staying, <laughs> the better it is for me, right? So yeah. I can't complain, right? I do quite well off Fury. Whether he's doing good things or bad things... I do quite well often. So if he wins, mayo. But at the end of the day, I've always said it, right? I, I just want to see an undisputed champion. I don't really give a damn who has the belt. You know, I've wanted undisputed since Fury beat Klitschko. So I don't care who wins. I don't have a horse in the race. I'm not from the UK. I don't care if Tyson Fury wins. I'm not from Ukraine. I don't care if Usek wins. I just want to see yeah. the better man win. And if that's Fury, so be it. If it's Usek, so be it. I just want to hope that we see a fair decision. That we don't see the wrong guy wins. Whether that be Usyk or Fury, because if Usyk wins and he doesn't deserve it, I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, G, I share that sentiment as well. Like, I, I as well have done quite well off of Tyson Fury, so I want him to stay in the sport. In fact, I spent sixty pounds in Primark today, G. Do you know how much clothes you can get for sixty pound in Primark? That's how well I've been doing off Tyson Fury. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, I want Fury to stay in the sport. Fucking forever until the day I die, whether he's training, whether he's promoting, I don't care. I need him in the sport because he is the best thing ever in boxing, right? I weren't there around the Muhammad Ali times, all right? So I can't judge that. But for my era and our era, I personally think he is the best thing for boxing. Trash talk, um, a show, um, yeah, his showman skills, everything, man. And he's a great boxer. So I want him to
3: stick around. I think winner Lewis, we may yet have another, at least probably another two years of Fury. Winner Lewis. Took I a remember. lot of
1: damage though. He's taken a lot of damage lately, mm-hmm. I don't know.
3: If, I think if there is, the, the thing about Fury is, and he's, we already knew it, but he said it from the horse's mouth, that he's a money fighter. He's in it for money. And even with a loss to Alexander, Reeves, like maybe two losses, that Joshua fight is still a big fight. And as long as they both you know, have a profile people will still watch that fight. It's like Amir Khan-Kelbrook. When it came around, it came around too late, but people still tuned in.
2: Yeah, yeah, but the problem we have is the IBF situation.
3: Look. That's
2: the problem. Yeah, it's the problem. Is, yeah, that's exactly the problem. If Joshua ends up fighting Hergovic, wins the IBF, Usyk relinquishes the WBC from Fury. Fury. Fury doesn't have a belt. Now, To try and negotiate that fight now. with Fury with no belt and Joshua the IBF. You're going to be further away from that fight than you ever have been, because Fury's going to think his value's more. Joshua's going to go, well, I've got the belt, so I I, I want 60-40 now. Fury's going to go, fuck you, you're not getting it, and it's just going to be a complete mess. So I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't know if we ever get that fight. I really, really don't know. I think there's too many too many ways the fight doesn't happen. I'm, I just don't. hope I'm wrong.
3: That'd be one of those what-if fights. I don't want that. No, That's I don't too big a fight you, for that.
2: I don't want that, but Joshua's going to beat Hergovich for that IBF belt. I can get. I'll, I'll tell you that. Listen, right the, now. The, the, that's what they're looking. The Saudis
1: are involved now, and the money's there. So ultimately, if they can get Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn on the same table, they can fucking do anything. So mm-hmm. money talks. Money does talk. So if they wave enough money around, they'll both be. Does it matter who gets what percentage? You're just going to have your number that you want. So if they go, yeah, oh, that's you- what
3: I love about Saudis. They don't do percentage. It's just. You want this amount, he wants this amount. We'll give you both what you want. That's it. What you it. want,
1: and done. Don't need to worry about exactly. I hope okay. you're right, boys. I hope it's as easy as
2: that. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what? After what happened last week with that card coming together, then fucking anything's say, possible, isn't it? Anything's possible.
3: We've got Eddie, Frank, Fury Usyk all in a week of one another. And 10 years prior, we couldn't get anything close to that. True. Yeah,
1: true. Let's just hope they start working together because they've got a few fighters on either sta- stable that they can start putting together now. Which I did love, though.
3: I did love, I have to say, just the other day, I did love the way when Eddie Hearn was at that press conference, he named everyone, including George Warren, but left Frank yeah. <laughs> that just, oh, I yeah. like the tank George Ward. I was like, oh, that's a shot. That was fucking brilliant. Yeah.
0: You can't, he can't let go of all them years <laughs> no. of fucking abuse from Frank. Can he really? And it was vice versa, but yeah, it was a good little dig there. I found that funny. But do
1: you know what it was? You know what's Matt? Sorry, let me just get this. In. It's not meant, It's like literally two months ago. Eddie Earn was doing an interview, and he goes, see, the thing is with these small hall promoters, like, they don't know anything about violent <laughs> testing when they're testing at all the small hall shows. Now, he literally said that two months ago, and now, all of a sudden, you know, Frank wine's the big cheese. It's his table. That's his table. He's at the top of the table, isn't he, in, in Saudi? He had Dev Holston. Yeah, Dev Hosting. It's just, it's a, I don't know, Eddie, Eddie Earn is definitely having to take one for the team there, for his fighters. But, well, you know uh, what's happened, didn't you? You know,
2: Turkey's pulled him aside and go, listen, just eat some humble pie for this one. If you win and Wilder wins, then, you know, there's the contract and you can host your own mm-hmm. show out here. So there's got to be some something in it for Eddie Hearn for him to eat humble pie and sit at that table, you know, play second fiddle to Frank Warren. There's definitely some promises we've made in the background. 100%. But um, again, yeah, but, yeah. you know, but, you know, the, the banana skins are there, boys. I, I, I don't know if both of those fighters come out of that, come out of those with uh, victories.
3: I really don't. Neither do I. I mean, they are tough.
0: (laughs) When I was um, uh, uploading this podcast last week, right, all us three chose Parker to beat Wilder. And when I was putting it up, I was thinking, fucking hell, we might get fucking hammered for that. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, I thought there's got to be probably 90% of boxing fans thinking Wilder's just going to spark him out with these equaliser that he's got. But that's just the way we feel. So we we chose, we chose, we all chose Wilder to beat. um, No, Parker to beat Wilder, and we all chose Joshua to beat Wallin. I had it by knockout. The other two had it on points. What did you think then?
3: Right, I agree. I think Joshua beats Wallin, probably on points. Probably on points. But um, I can't even envision Joseph Parker beating Deontay Wilder. I think he is going to get lifted off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) That is it. He is going to get lifted off the ground. I'm
0: fully inclined to listen to you because I I predicted Zhang uh, to lose to Joyce. And the day before, I watched you and Ade and you said, oh, Oh, Zhang's going to annihilate him after the weigh-in.
3: I was literally going into that fight. I actually went into that fight picking... Joe Joyce to win. And then I seen him at the press conference. I was like, oh, he's gonna get fucked up. As soon as I seen him at the press, I was like, Ah, he's gonna get fucked up, he's massive.
0: Yeah. Mm. That was a great call. That was
3: great. I'm gonna call this for the Joe Parker fight, right? Joe Parker against Simon Keane came in 250 pounds. Way too heavy for Joe Parker, and he beat an absolute puddin in Simon Keenan, and he is gonna go and think. The bigger, the better. He's going to come in about two fifty-five, two sixty. Mm. He's going to be slow as molasses, and he's going to get knocked out in about six rounds. That's what I reckon you know, is going to happen.
1: Do you know what? Can I say that when when we spoke about it the other day, I was saying I was I've done this big spill. I was like, Parker's got to be like Raider style on the outside. Just get in, get your shots off, get out. Don't worry about engaging all that. And then later that night, I was feet. I wouldn't know. I watched Tyson Fury, and he was saying the way to beat Wilder is just front foot. Don't let him get into a rhythm. Don't let him time you. I set his shots. Just constantly put him on the back foot. And then I thought, why the fuck did I say that about Parker? Because he ain't got the size to do what Fury done, and put him on the back foot and put the pressure on him. But I still stick oh, with look. it. I've, I've said it now, but I have noticed that I did double question myself when I said that. I'm uh, going to stand by it as out. well. I'm, I'm going to
0: stand by my prediction. Yeah, here, fuck but... it. I'm
1: going with it. Yeah. I'm, all in <laughs> I'm just, I'm just it. following I'm
0: through in. with it. But I'm not going to lie. I went to bed that night and I woke up about 2 a.m. and I thought, I, I can't believe I've said that, to be honest. I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm sticking I didn't with say it.
2: I think Wilder wins.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: I just look with that with that with that fight, I just it's just the inactivity that concerns me for Wilder. You know, he's not mm, young anymore. Yeah. It's it's I, I you know, this is what I kind of the case I made for Parker is is you know, how much does Wilder really want this anymore? You know, why has he been so inactive? You know, one round against hellenius in two years, you know, his last proper win, forget about Helenius, was four years ago against Lewis Ortiz. Since, you know, even that fight, he was losing it pretty much every round. Gets bashed mm-hmm. up by Tyson Fury twice. I mean, he's had a, he's done a whole lot of getting bashed up, Deontay Wilder has, in the last four years. So, admittedly, he does have the right hand. I just feel like with, with Joe Parker, as long as he can avoid the right hand in the first six to eight rounds, if it goes past eight rounds, I can see Wilder tiring. I can just see the it. Thing, and it? if that happens, I can see Wilder getting stopped. And that was my prediction.
0: It's a crazy prediction, but that's the thing. At the end of the day, Wilder is only going to win from his equalizer, and he 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 probably oh, yeah. he probably will knock him out. But you got like no matter what, I bet you I will put my house on it now. No matter where the fight stops, I bet you Joe is up on points.
3: Oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, so I think that's what we're going <laughs> off of. The in- inactivity worries us um, for Wilder, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I'm when when we have
1: done it. the show, I went right, guys. I'm gonna sat now, all right? I'm just gonna go out <laughs> I'm gonna sat when I, mean, I said fucking both said the same thing, but uh there you go. There you go. We'll Hope I'm wrong
0: it. though, because we want to see Joshua Wilder, right? Yeah, we do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We do. Um, okay, G-man, Cameron Taylor. So, yes, let us let us get your thoughts
3: on the fight, mate. Well, I picked Cameron last time and I was right, and I think I'm going to be right picking her again this time. When they announced that fight, I was like, oh, you've just literally given Katie Taylor a homecoming to lose. Because I always felt Cameron would win, and I wasn't surprised when she did, and I don't think Taylor can do anything different. I, I think she's going to probably be worse. Cameron's probably going to be better. The card this time around is not as fun to look at as it was last time last there were some good fights on the last card even on paper whereas this one is yeah this one is a lot more like meh you know I mean they got Gary Cully rebuilding him he was in a good fight last time they had Mm -hmm. um, JJ Metcalf last they had some good fights last time this one is a bit more like a it's kind of like a glorified next gen show it's like a next gen show undercard with Katie Taylor main event that's basically what it is
0: it was quite a sad um, quite a sad watch for Gary Cully wasn't it
3: yeah, I've, I'm on DM terms with Gary Cully. And so, I, obviously, like, I try and keep it objective. But there is fighters I like. And, you know, I chat to now and again. I was I was hoping for him to win. I thought he would. And to see him like that, I was like, damn, that's going to take some coming back from. I don't even know if he can come back from a, a loss like that. So much so they've not put him back in at a rematch. You know, Herb mm. loves doing the immediate rematches. They've not even gone and done that. So he's with Joe McNally now left P Taylor. So let's see what he's like. Um, it was a really... That was that was such a bad night because every Irish fighter who was in a meaningful fight lost. The
2: rest was a of shocker, them. man, in that fight.
3: Mate, in the Gary Cully fight, that was a bad... Yeah, 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 I think they just wanted to think, look, if that was the other opponent, they would have stopped it pretty quick. They want to give him every chance, but the problem with doing that, in that sense, is Gary Cully was completely gone. did not yeah. where he was.
2: It's hard to come back from that type of... That type of sort of, you know, flashbacks. And he's going to be having flashbacks of that constant mm-hmm. shots landing, mm-hmm. on, you know, on his head, and referees not stopping it. Everyone's screaming to stop it. That is, um, it's, a, it's a fight. It's like the Josh Warrington, Maurizio Lara, similar sort of deal with that, right? Um, I don't know if a fight can beat can be the same after that. I really don't, and I, I hope he can. Cause I like Gary Cully. I yeah. think he's, yeah, you know, talented. I don't know if the weights right for him. I don't know. I don't know. Man, you probably know better than me, G. I think um, the
3: weight is probably kind. He's probably on the fringe of needing to move up, but I think Gary Cully. You know, you you have to look at Gary Cully. He makes mistakes, but he gets away with it. And against his last opponent, um, Jose Felix or something like that, his name was. He was made to pay, so he'd been able to get away with. Because Gary Cully used to slap a lot back when he was you know starting out. He used to slap a lot. He used to stand real upright with his chin in the air. He's been sitting down on more shots now, but he's still upright with his chin in the air and never really came back to biting before. He was already, he was keeping guys off him with power before. Last fight, power didn't really work. The guy was blocking it. He was countering. All the mistakes Cully made were just there for all to see. How would you see it going, Kyle?
2: Um, I mean, look, the, the card, as G said, it's, it's a weak card. So I'm not like... Yeah, I'm not frothing at the mouth at the card, to be honest with you.
3: I, I love. that. The I loved last them. one was good. This one is like, it's, it, it's almost as if like her and the first card, it was like, it has to be big. Then Katie Taylor loses. And then the next one's just like, right, well, we said we do the rematch in Ireland, but just chuck whoever. It's, it's like they've run out board. of
2: money. It's like they've run out of
0: money or something. Can they just... Or they wanted know, to give more money to the main event.
3: I, I was doing, I was around a couple of like, I was around the Joshua uh, Franklin fight week. That was a month before this fight. There was like Joe Markowski was interested. There was so many Dzoun buffs that were interested. With this one, it's just like don't care. Not that yeah. I don't care, but you know, there's not as much interest even from Dzoun. No. I don't think as there was first time around. Is Conor McGregor a part of it again? Yeah, I think he's always a part of Hearn shows. Now he's got Forge seemingly always sponsored. Uh, he'll promote. Yeah, in he's fighting. Then.
2: Um, Gary Colley's fighting a uh, Reese Mold. Um, yeah. who's, who's basically since losing to Lee Wood, he's won every fight. Um, picked up an English title all, along the way. But, he, you know, he's a game fucker, but he's, he's only got six stoppages. So that's why they've picked him. They can't have another repeat of what happened in, you know, in his previous fight. Nope. So they want a feather-fisted guy in there. So hopefully he can just pick him apart or potentially stop him or win on points and get his career back on track. But in terms of the, in terms of the main event, I mean, look, I, look, my view is this, right? The first fight, I feel like as it's aged, I feel like a, a lot of people have got this perception that, it was a really one-sided fight, and it really wasn't. I mean, it was a majority decision victory by Chantel Cameron. Mm. But you know, if you look at the punch stats, I wrote them down because I was quite intrigued to see what they were. Uh, Chantel Cameron threw 565 punches, right? She landed 141, so 25%. Taylor threw half, Katie Taylor, 284, but landed 111, 40%, you know, hit rate on her punches. So in terms of, you know, efficiency, Katie Taylor's a lot more efficient in that fight. Obviously, she was getting backed up and, you know, Cameron was the aggressor. But it was, the fight was actually a bit closer than people think. Chantel Cam- Cameron won the fight, definitely. But I think as it's aged, uh, when you speak to people about it, they're like, well, yeah, it was, you know, Chantel Cameron won, you know, pretty easily. That's the kind of consensus I'm getting from that. And I don't think it was that. Can I, Do I believe T- Katie Taylor can reverse it? No, I don't because I feel like um, it's going to play out like the same fight. I don't know, though. There's a part of me that looks at the Delphine Pursun first fight. I think Taylor stood, planted her feet a bit too much against Chantel mm-hmm. Cameron and, and was trading. She didn't need to do that. So if she goes on the back foot like she did in the second Pursun fight, you know, with a home crowd, home advantage, I know that shouldn't it shouldn't count for much, but it really does in boxing. If There are close rounds. They're going to edge it to Katie Taylor. They oh, They just are. So I don't see this as one-sided... As other people see it, As other people when I, when I speak to people, they think Chantal Cameron's only got to turn up and she wins the fight. But I, can't, I don't see it like that. I think it's going to be super close, closer than the first one,
3: I think. Well, the one thing I will say is, is that Katie Taylor in the rematch with Pursuan was better, a lot better. Mm. So she did learn. Yeah, I, I just think that, I just always thought stylistically, Cameron was always, was just going to beat Katie Taylor. I always thought that, even going back years ago, I was like, oh, Cameron would beat Taylor. Just the style, that just doesn't work for her. Katie Taylor can improve, definitely, and one thing that will be on her side, and don't underestimate this, because it, it could influence the judges, is that anytime she lands, there's going to be a mad cheer. There's always that, always that. That'll influence the judges hundred percent. So it was a, a majority decision was way too generous, right? Cameron won the fight, Cater won rounds, but it was way too generous to give her, you know, a draw. I would have said, you know, seven rounds to three, something like that was was fair. That was that was how the fight really was. <sighs> Some would turn around and say, well, if Katie Taylor can even win an extra round, that could actually turn it into a draw or yeah. it could turn it into a split. That's me, mate. That's me. That I, is literally kind of how I'm looking at it as well.
1: I had to losing him by one, one round, I had to lose it right round. But you know what? I I ain't got the, the I'm a massive Katie Taylor fan, right? The plastic paddy of me is coming out now, right? But love Katie Taylor, love everything mm-hmm. she's done, she's done for boxing. And she's amazing, absolutely amazing fire. So I know what you're saying about Chantel Cameron, but in terms of skill set, like when you look at Katie Taylor, the way she gets in, the combinations that she throws and the angles that she gets, the timing and the accuracy, I don't I don't see Chantel Cameron better than her in that department. I don't. When I see Chantel Cameron up against Katie Taylor, she's got the reach, she's got the height, and she's got the reach advantage on her, right? Three inches in, and you could see that in the fight. That she just, she, she's finding trouble getting the range, I feel, with Chantelle Cameron. She had that jab. And obviously, because of the size, I said it earlier, as soon as they clinched and it broke, as soon as Katie Taylor was taking a back step, she was just on the front foot, constantly just had that jab in her face all night. And I feel like Katie Taylor got stuck between styles. We have to go on the back foot, a little bit of a Mayweather, you know, peel off with those left hooks and then get out and then move. Then I feel like she got stuck a little bit. Well, this is my homecoming here. I've got the crowd here. I've got to stand and fight. But I don't think standing and fighting was the right approach. I think you'd have been better off having your Mayweather approach. Beat her with your skills. Beat her with your foot movement. It's going to be hard just because you've got to stand and she's got to hold her feet and she's going to have to trade because she's fighting the bigger puncher, or the, the bigger puncher, the bigger size, who's, you know, equally got great timing, good speed. So she's equally good in, 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 in the departments that Katie Taylor is. But I remember watching the last round and I watched it this morning and they just went head to head. And it was like Katie Taylor decided that I'm just going to be the first one to the punch. I'm going to throw a combination, then we're going to clinch. And as it breaks, I'm not going to take a step back and I'm going to keep doing that. Now, she obviously can't do that for every round because of the size. It's going to wear her down more. But I feel like if she picks her moments to Mm -hmm. fight like that, and then she picks her moments to stay on the back foot, and just I feel like there's moments she can win this fight. And it might be me just, you know, whatever, just because I like Katie Taylor so much. But um, she's only got to win a couple of rounds. She said as well in an interview, training could have been different. There's a few things wrong in training. So maybe she weren't as fit as what she could have been. So I, I, I'm i believing that she can do enough because she's got to make an adjustments. And I know Chantel Cameron's got to make adjustments. But I just feel if she fights her fight as in, I don't care about the crowd. I'm not going to have those moments where I have to engage and throw down and fight. Because that's what Chantel Cameron wants. I think she's got to uh, stay more on the back foot, Mayweather style. Pick your punches off. I think she's quicker to the punch, and I think she's got better combinations. She's got better accuracy. Kai has just outlined that as well with those punch stats. So I think if she sticks to that and keeps moving, doesn't engage as much, um, I think she could win. I think she could win. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs>
2: uh, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah.
3: I wouldn't be picking it, but if she does win, I mean that will, Eddie Earn will be the happiest guy in the mm. world on that night. Because deep down, he, he promotes both, but he, he's invested in Katie Taylor. He obviously mm. deep down wants her to win. Mm. I think most of us do, actually.
0: I, I echo what you said, G-Man. I don't see it going any other way. I really don't. Um, no. I, I, I found, uh, I looked at Katie Taylor's record as well just earlier, and um, she's only had two knockouts since 2017. Mm, so, not a big puncher, but nah, you don't find don't,
3: many big punchers in the women's game.
0: True, true. Um, yeah, that, that. I mean, I judge that as that tells a story to me about her power. And when she's going up in weight as well to Cameron's, um, Cameron's weight, then her power is definitely not going to be there at all. And it and it wasn't last time. And yeah, I just don't see she could do anything different. Really, um, Cameron was so much stronger. Really. Bullied her, mm-hmm. and uh, I see it re- replaying the same way. I don't think she'll be scared of what's coming back at her, Cameron. And, um, yeah, see, she would be oh,
3: she's just confident, gonna help. Yeah. Her. I'd be, I'd be honestly, I'd love to see it, but I'd be shocked if Katie Taylor wins.
1: But Katie Taylor's just got to take the role of I'm not gonna be here and have my ego take, take a hold of me and stand there and trade for the fans. Don't fight like that. Just the Mayweather style, just on the back foot, pick your shots, get in, get out, Raider style. That's it. That's for me. That's that, that's what she needs to do. Simple. Yeah, you
2: you back as soon as your back hits the ropes, out, gone. The moment you fill with ropes on your back, you pivot off and you, you, you exit either way. Uh Chantal Camera's gonna do one thing, just maraud forward. Great, great combination puncher as well, you know, when she comes forward mm-hmm. as you the as body up shots the ropes. Are good the her. Always threes and fours, isn't it? Bod, head body, head body. And it, you know it gets tiring for Katie Taylor. And As I said, she just stood there too, too, too long in that fight. She's got to change it a little bit. And I honestly, can see her reversing the what, result. Who, you, what you picking, Katie okay. Taylor? I can see it. I think Katie Taylor is going to reverse wow. it in a, in a in a in a bit of a dodgy Ooh. decision. Wow. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a dodgy decision though. Are you are you going against? Because you last time you picked Chantel Cameron, didn't you? I just feel like Katie Taylor's done this before. I know Cameron's better than Delphine Pursuit. She lost the first Pursuit fight. Katie Taylor should already have a loss on her record. No, she didn't. Right? She fought the wrong fight. Second fight, she made the adjustments. Don't forget, she's beaten Chantel Cameron, the amateurs guys, right? She knows how to beat Chantel Cameron. So this ain't going to be anything new to her. She's just got to make the adjustments. Just keep keep light on your feet. Don't get caught up in any trade trade-offs. Wow. And I think she can, she can nick it on points, but I think it might be a bit dodgy, a bit of a hometown decision. Don't be surprised if there's a few boos oh, in the crowd. I wouldn't reel that out, man. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if it, the first fight was close, and I agree with you, G, that was a bit of a generous majority decision there in the first fight. I think she no may way. have won by two rounds. No Chantel way. Cameron. Two to three rounds, maybe. Six, four, I think I scored it, if I remember rightly. Um, but this time, all she's got to do is nick a round and another swing round in there. The judges will give it to Katie. I'll tell you that right now.
3: I wouldn't rule that
2: out. Can I just have two minutes? I want to ask G-Man's opinion on a Mister Shaka Stevenson who bored us all to tears on Thursday night. I don't know if you watched it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right,
2: I just, just let me just let me just quickly this season. right. He threw two hundred and nine punches in the in the whole fight, right? And he landed sixty five shots. I had to look at it because I was so bored
3: watching. And these it. were featherweights.
2: Yeah, so they, they're known for their punch output, right? I mean, he literally threw, he landed three and four shots, just silly jabs, faint, faint, faint. Every, every round I'm looking at, they're just looking to faint and counter each other. And, and his opponent, De Los Santos, threw 100 shots more than Sha- the great Shakur Stevenson, who's supposed to be the next coming, who's supposed to be this Mr. Incredible who's going to rule boxing. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. mate. He's got to go and look at his mentor, right? Terence Crawford. Look at his careers. Terence Crawford was stopping people even back then, right? Even when he was a youngster, going up three weights and winning world titles in in three and four weight divisions. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I can't believe that someone just don't grab hold of him and go, listen, this ain't how it's done, man. You need to entertain these people. You're on a Thursday night. It's bad enough you're on a Thursday night, but you're going to stink the house out like that. I was bitterly disappointed. What do you reckon?
3: Well, I didn't watch it live. Thank God for that. And the next day, I heard how bad it was. And I said, right, look, I'm going to glance at the highlights. And Sky, the comment section said they were amazed they were even able to find a minute of highlights in that fight. Which is a 12-round fight, by, by the way. There are six rounders that have a minute more. Two minutes of highlights. This was a 12-rounder. The world, and I remember, world time, I was thinking, look, I don't suffer from insomnia. I sleep very well. I don't need help sleeping, so I ain't going to watch that fight, right? I'll give my two cents on it. Shakur Stevenson needs to... Look, you can be slick and entertaining. Look mm-hmm. at Sweet Pea. Yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah, he, he was, was slick, mad. but he was real entertaining. Mm-hmm. You can do it. He was trying to get more money for the Devin Haney. When they were talking about purse splits, he was saying, oh, I deserve more than this, right? At the time, I was saying, yeah, he, he, he might be able to. He should get a little bit more. Fuck that he'd be lucky to get even anything now at this stage after that because why would anyone want to work with someone who's going to stink the place out for 12 rounds like that booing loudly a thursday night vegas the grand prix weekend the first time ever in vegas and it was almost like a catalyst for the weekend it was shocking Mm. he cannot because the problem is right you look at a promoter like bob arum who is bob arum's 91 92 but he still cutthroat. You stink out the joint like that enough times, he's just going to say, see you later.
2: Yeah.
3: He's done it. Who's going to buy
2: that pay-per-view down the line? Who's going to buy Shaquille Stevenson pay-per-view? Do you know what? I'm on Twitter
1: and I see uh, Chris Chris Andre. We we love Chris Andre, right? So big up Chris Andre and his channel. I love Chris Andre. And uh, he put a tweet out saying... um, Big up to whatever, like the fans that love boxing uh, staying up till 2 o'clock in, in the morning on a school night on Thursday to watch Shako Stevenson. But uh, I remember looking at that this thinking, what the hell is this geezer on, mate? There's no fucking chance on earth I'm staying up to... On a Thursday, on a school night, no chance for Shako Stevenson, man. But yeah, there's uh, some hardcore boxing fan there, man. But yeah, I, I'm not interested. Not interested. Not interested in nope. any of it at all. uh,
3: he's a great fighter but god damn you have to see here's the thing as good as he is and he is a good fighter you're going to have to want to watch him and unless you're a purist you're just going to be like oh Stevenson he is going to stink the joint out and we don't get them at American times we have to stay up till the wee hours it's hard enough to do that as as well as watching this thing do you know what
2: I could kind of, like, you know, have some similarities with Devin Haney, right? I'll just quickly end it on this. I don't want to keep you too long, G. But um, Devin Haney, you know, he did that in a Cambo's first fight. Kind of jab, jabbed his way to a victory. Jabbed, broke the distance hold. It was, it was a lot on the line, right, with Cambo's win, win all the belts. There's no need for Shakur to do that in this fight. I know it's for a world title, but it's like, you know, Devin Haney as well. Props to him. He... You know, he takes on all comers. Didn't have to fight Lomachenko. Doesn't really need to fight Progre. But you know, I got respect. Devin Haney's taking on the big names in the sport. But Shakur, I mean, come on, man! Like, yeah. what are you doing with your career? You're, you're seriously talented. What are you doing with your career? I'm, I'm certainly never. Yeah, I'm, I'm not tuning into the next Shakur fighting Stephenson the big names, fight, but no he's always a
1: smaller guy, like Linares, Lomachenko, Cambosis. They're always smaller than Haney, and that's what they do. With these guys, with that skill level. The only way you're going to beat them, you're going to have someone who's got to have equal skill to them, or it's got to be the bigger man. So until Devin Haney's in there with a, yep. a size, or Shaco Steven's in there with someone who's a size above, but that's it. Until then, I'm not interested. Sign me out. I don't want any part of it. Oh, g Mate, can we quickly ask you as well, just um, David Benavidez v. Uh, Andrade. What's your thoughts quickly on that? If a couple of minutes on that, if you wouldn't mind.
3: David Benavidez by absolute slaughter. Wow. He is going to stop him I think Demetrius Andre it is prime which was really 154 to 160 was brilliant right he has fucked his whole his whole career up and it's his own fault because he spoke about Canelo 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 could have fought Zach Parker and he could have had that fight instead of John Ryder he chose not to now he's in there with Benavidez who you could argue stylistically is tougher he's a lot bigger than Canelo probably hits harder and you're not going to get near as much money as you would have got for fighting Canelo. You're now in your mid-30s. You've slowed down. He is going to get absolutely annihilated in there. It's a
2: bold that's what I, I think is going to happen. Him. Wow. That's a big call. Demetrius,
3: the slippery Demetrius. But how slippy is he? He's, he's, he's slippy early on. Liam, yeah. Liam Williams yeah. was able to find him. True. And he ain't no Dave Bedavides. You seen Dana
2: Bedavides' hair, by the way? Has anyone yeah, seen I that?
3: Know. Have you seen the poster? It's so weird. They're all... <laughs> weird yeah. smiles. It just looked bizarre.
2: It looked like some sitting out of a horror movie or something, didn't it? It like, looks like Predator. You know the film Predator? Oh, what is going on with his hair? Oh, no, that can't be his hair. Why would he come to like, put some cornrows or dreads in his hair? know. David Benavides. He's doing it, he it no. the fucking once, yeah, 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 man. I mean,
1: but, yeah, uh, yeah I, I didn't have him... You know, he stops a lot of his fighters late, doesn't he, Um, uh, um Benavidez? But, yeah, yeah the, the plant does. fight, he's done well. You know, he's taken this fight against Andrade. So, if I believe that he beats uh, Andrade. Andrade um, I believe he beats him. But if he does, he's saying he wants to fight either Bivol or Canelo. Canelo's not chosen his opponent yet. So do you think that Canelo will choose David Benavidez and they get it on? If they get it on, just quickly, who do you think wins that fight?
3: Oh, I'd still take Canelo in that fight. And yeah, I do think they will next year. I'd still go with Canelo. I would. Uh, I'd still stylistically it's an interesting fight, but I'd still take Canelo. I'd still, right now I think Canelo still has plenty left in the tank. I'd take mm. him in the fight. Mm. Unk?
0: Ooh, yeah, I'd still go with Canelo. Well, G-Man said it. I'm going with whatever G-Man <laughs> says. He's fucking spot on every time. <laughs> Benavides
2: beats Andrade on points and then, yeah, I'd say he probably loses to Canelo on points if that fight happens. But I think Canelo doesn't really have a choice but to fight him. He's kind of cornered. You know, mm. I think the fans want it. The Mexican fans, especially, will want that fight and call for it. And um, I think he'll he'll grant them the wish. You expect to see that maybe mm. Cinco de Mayo next year. You know, it's he ain't
0: timing. getting the um, he ain't um, going to get the Bivol rematch because apparently Bivol and uh, Biterbiev could be on the end of the Riyadh season.
3: I don't get the ha- we never hear Canelo talked about with the Saudis. That's weird because sure. you think he yeah. would be first. Maybe in
1: the I think I think mm. Eddie Hearn. He's moving a lot of pieces on the chessboard for Canelo. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he's going to announce something to do with John Ryder. We so might be trying to position possible John Ryder rematch. I think that Edgar Belanga, uh Monguilla, yeah. Pacheco—they yeah. could—they definitely go up to one six eight just to get the Canelo fight. Got the Puerto Ricans and the Mexico there. I think he's trying to maneuver some. Who else is I think? Or do you think?
2: Eddie Hearn, because you know Canelo just went to PBC and thought, you know what, Eddie, I, you know I'm the boss here. I'm gonna fuck off to PBC and have this fight here. Do you think Eddie's looking at him, going, Do you know what, if that's what, you, if that's the way you want to be, right? I've got the Saudis now. I don't really need you, Canelo. You're at the end of you're at the end of your career now. Do you think Eddie's thinking like that a little bit? No. Canelo just
1: kind of went to PBC and just.
2: I just think Canelo
3: is <laughs> still such sort a of cash cow; anyone would want him.
1: Eddie Hearn True. is, you know, when you know when you leave and you got a dog and you leave the house and the dog just sits at the door waiting with his fucking panting. That's what Eddie Hearn's doing with Canelo, basically.
0: Okay, let's just finish off talking about the weekend's events. So, Bentley versus Heaney. A big upset from Mr. Heaney. An absolutely stellar card in Manchester. And Heaney pulled it out of the bag. He is now the British champion. A very unexpected win, I think a lot of people would agree. But uh, absolutely
3: fair play to him. G-Man, what did you think of that fight? I still can't believe Nathan Heaney won that fight. I thought he would get absolutely lit up. Nathan Heaney has a great entrance. Brings a lot of fans. But... I've seen enough of his fights to know that he is limited as hell. And Bentley, on his day, is a very good fighter. And I thought, all right, Bentley will turn up. He'll get rid of this guy in a couple of rounds. And then, you know, we he won't hear, have to hear my Delilah again. Nope, didn't happen. We're going to hear that louder. Never know.
2: My, my bet couldn't have gone any worse. I picked Hannah Rankin to win on points. i got the next one right. I can't remember the fight. Switched over to Adam Azim. I thought he would win on points because he's just looked... Hasn't looked as spiteful in his last couple of fights. I thought he looked sensational, actually. Um, Yeah, really spiteful. And then uh, I picked Tyler Denny to win on points, because he always wins on points. And he just got, my bet just (laughs) went from bad to worse. Then I got to the main event. I I was like you, I had Denzel Bentley to win in six rounds. And I couldn't believe what I was watching, man. Like, one thing I will say about Nathan Heaney, he is in tip-top condition, that man. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. I mean, he must have a... You know, fat percentage of like eight percent, seven percent, or whatever. And he, you know, he's six foot one. I looked at it. He's six foot one. that makes eleven stones. And he looks like he's in great nick. And um, madness when you see a fighter just completely change his style. Like I didn't rec; he wasn't recognizable to me. Nathan Heaney. I don't know what I was looking at. Obviously, the fight to make now is Tyler Denny. Tyler Denny's got the European belt. He's got the British belt. That's
3: the natural fight to make
2: next. And, um, yeah, my Delilah, on we go
3: with my Delilah. Frank did say the winner's going to fight for a world title. Could you imagine him against Janabek? <laughs> <laughs> he could get yeah, no, he We really, really will hear my Delilah stop then.
0: Yeah,
2: but is it yeah, but is it so ridiculous that, you know, Bentley just run 12 rounds with Janabek, and he just beat Bentley. Do the I triangle. I mean, I know. Listen, listen, I've given up trying to call call fights in this sport, really, and try and get them right all the time. But, um that would be that would be a, a massacre. My brain tells me that's a massacre. That's a one sided massacre. But mm. my brain told I seen... me
3: Bentley versus Janibek was a massacre, but it wasn't. <laughs> I, I just think I that. Know. You
2: know
1: what? I just think that Nuts. Bentley. I don't think he trained for the fight. I really don't. I don't I think, think he, thought did. he I think he thought that he was fighting Nathan Heaney and he just had to turn up. That's what that looked like to me. They just they didn't see no power. They didn't. It just, it just looked like he was following him around the ring. I couldn't believe what I was seeing.
3: Listen, I, I know people who've been in camp with Denzel Bentley, as in, like, strength S&C coaches who've been in camp, and they said pre Yanibek, he was known as someone who just did the bare basics in the nah. gym. And yeah. I wonder, did he go back to that for this fight? Because he looked mm. like he did.
2: Yeah.
1: I'd quickly say, like, my pick of the weekend, without going into all of them, is just, I'd say, Nick Ball. That kid's the real deal. He's the real deal. He really is. That mm. guy's going to win a world title. It's, and this is this is a guy now. This is something I quickly say with Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn now, where they seem to be friends. There's fights to be made for Nick Ball. Do you know what I mean? Like the Josh Warringtons, the Lee Woods, the Mauricio Lyras. I don't know if Kiko Martinez is he still retired or he'll come back. Like there's some fights to be had there for Nick Ball and to uh, help him build his profiles, get bigger. I think he's amazing to do those 12 rounds, ex-world champion. I was at dog boy, like that, it was, it was a good fight. Like, he weren't just having his way with him, he's having to figure things yeah. out. He was like just lunging in with a, like a, a lunging left hook, and then going to work, and then sort of coming out, resetting, then going in at Southpaw. He's just big, uh, I know he's small, but like he's a physical presence, and he's got the power, and he's got the engine, and he's got the skills. This kid is the real fucking deal. Super, super exciting kid, cannot wait to see his future.
3: If... If, if Hern and Warren work together, there's only one fight that they could make that is just... This fight would be an absolute war, and that would be Ball versus Lara. Is
1: it too early, that though? That fucking think that's too fight early, right there. now's the time to go? No,
3: no. Send him in. Send him in. Send him in. in. That fight would be a fucking shoot out from start to finish
1: well the thing is is, is Lara is Lara with Matram? because if he ain't I don't think he is I think he's a free agent isn't he it's hard to and know, then- I
3: know he was, he's been fighting with him for a while now whether he has a deal or whether he was fight by fight I don't know but if he is still with Matrum and they can do that they want to work together sign me up take that fight
1: because you got you know uh, Isaac Dolbo, he went the distance twice with Navarati, didn't he? And no, then we stopped in that, the second. Well, he stopped late, well, he was but Navarati and uh, Mucio Lara, I think they're training uh, partners.
3: They are the training partners.
1: The old top rank and Frank Warren, you never know, mate. It could Aaron uh, Warren? They could, yeah, could get it on.
3: Okay, and just
0: to finish off, Adam Azim, what do we think of that performance? I thought it was a bit of a blinding performance myself. I thought he would have got him out a little bit sooner. I was. Uh, I was rooting for him to do it because um, I thought it would have come a lot sooner than it did, but it did come eventually, and fair play to him. Interesting fights next. Apparently, Paulson has been tipped to be next, but I think we all agree that we'd rather see Eubank or Dalton
3: Smith. Is he ready for Dalton Smith? G-Man, thoughts on the fight? I was very impressed with Adam Azim. His last two performances, he hasn't looked quite at the ready. I'm gonna, I know people are going to say... But I'm gonna say it anyway. I would take Dalton Smith to be at a museum right now. So would I.
1: You're not gonna see it though.
3: No. Because Ben Shalom likes to do things a different way. He likes to keep it all in house and then wonders why the shows aren't doing so well.
2: Mm. Pulling out of purse bids and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Pulling out of purse bids, you know, giving interviews that could, you know, put an insomniac to sleep. <laughs>
1: What do you reckon about Harlem Eubank though? Because he mentioned Harlem Eubank that he said he, that that fight interested him. I heard Ben Shalom say that. So um, and Shane McGuigan said it as well about Harlem Eubank. So his name was mentioned, not Dalton Smith. So my opinion, they obviously see
3: that fight as easier. I think that.
1: Uh, do you know what though? I've got to admit, like we were very high on Harlem Eubank last week, and I really I've always rated him. He's got skills to pay the bills. It's interesting to see him. He stopped that opponent last week, but I've got a funny feeling. Mm. I've seen. Sticks it on him, puts his foot down. I feel like Harlem Eubank might run that whole fight. Do you know that? I think he might taste that power and I think toes. I think they see that.
2: High risk, low reward. You Chris Eubank senior ain't, ain't putting him in there with Adam Azim. Yeah. He's not gonna get paid for it and he'll probably get sparked out. So um I, I would I've say seen Harlem
3: no. Eubank fight in New York Hall in April just gone against some journeyman, and he got rocked a couple of times mm-hmm. in that fight. Good
2: yeah. fighter though. I mean he's got good skills. I think stylistically, you know, from a technical standpoint, it's better than his cousin in a lot of ways. But but yeah, they're not going to risk it unless they're going to get paid. And, uh, you know, Chris Eubank, I'm I'm sure, has taken his 20%,
1: maybe even 25%. Who knows? I think Azim needs to, um, he needs to, finish his opponents though I think there was moments I know that Petty Jean guy was on his toes he didn't even. He didn't come to win did he let's be real but I felt like there was moments Azim reminded me a bit of Bivol he was closing the distance he was getting in he was getting off his shots and he was standing back at that mid range and then I felt like he didn't know what to do or if he did he was just it was too much safety then he was sort of stepping back again I just I wanted to see him put his foot down and just try and get him out of there because I think he's got the power to do it but I um, don't know maybe that will come
0: do we see him beating the likes of Garcia, the likes of Javante Davis in the future, G.
3: No. No. <laughs> just that, just a resounding no. Yeah. There's levels. Yeah, clearly. Not yet.
0: Yeah, he could get near enough. You never know. You might see uh might see things change in the next few fights. I think he needs a really, really good opponent in there to for us to know where he is, do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, but this is
1: the thing, isn't it? And is it all the fights he's had so far? I think he went past British title level, didn't he, for that European title? And it's like they knew what they was getting. Yeah, they knew what they was getting. It's like we need you in, until you a fighter's had the acid test. Where you get in the ring with some guy that can stand there and they're coming to win. You don't really know, dear. Apart, it's all like hypotheticals until they're in that situation. Uh,
3: you need to remember as well: European level can be a bit of a red hair at times. More often than not. It's a tough test, and you come through that, you're ready for world level. But you can get anomalies where someone picks up an EBU title who was no better than, maybe worse than, someone at mm-hmm. domestic level. Yeah, and we got that on Saturday. Yeah, true, exactly.
2: Tyler, De- Tyler Denny was one of them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who thought he was ever going to pick up a European title? You know,
3: losing the Lions of four years ago, two years out of the ring, and then he picks up a British, t- a European title. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of backs up what you just said. And React and uh had his victory and he said uh, to the camera on Sky Sports, I'm going to stick Chris William Smith in a spliff and smoke him. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I
3: didn't think, actually see it. Yeah, fight.
1: and Chris William Smith uh, 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 quote tweeted it on Twitter and said, don't do drugs, uh, people, or something like that. I thought, oh, I don't know if Sky Sports is going to like that, the way they're uh, pushing things.
3: But, uh, I'd like to know why he didn't why Jay Apataya is fighting El Azara and not React Poor who could have had that fight get your Ben Shalom Ben Shalom he is gonna get the poor lad he is gonna get absolutely annihilated
0: it, he might miss Christmas he might not wake up till fucking New Year
2: <laughs> that might be a first rounder first rounder you know
0: that might be a 32nd <laughs> yeah Yes, people. Well, there we go. G man, you've been a fucking brilliant guest, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Ah, uh, thanks for having me, man. I enjoyed it. We all want to see. I think we're all rooting for you to be a fucking the lead on uh, on the zone, the lead on talk sport, man. Because uh, we know you're
3: going to be there soon, man. We can dream, man. We can wow. dream. We can dream.
0: Might be taking Adam Catchell's
2: job soon. Away, that fucking shit's panning out.
3: Frank Warren hates me just as much. <laughs> I remember. I was at the press conference. I was at the press conference for uh, Joyce Zhang. And I was talking to a few people there. And I said, there's still fighters on this card who are t- to be confirmed. And I said, that's Frank Warren's go to guy. And who literally walks past my shoulder as me saying that? Frank Warren. Oh. And just gives me a look. I was yeah. like, ah. Oh, did, did you
1: think you are going to get fed to the pigs or no?
3: I was like, well, I'll see you in a wee bit. That's me gone. Thank I didn't get kicked out. But I was like, all right. So I got away with that.
0: He watches your channel. He fucking loves it. Don't you worry about that. There you go. Um, Yes. And uh, thank you to me, lovely uh, co-host, Johnny B and Kaya. Been fantastic. And uh, yes, thank you to everyone listening. We fucking love you. We'd shag you all if we could, but we can't. (laughs) So anyway, we'll see you next week. Peace out for now.